Chapter Thirty Nine, Part One of Struggles and Triumphs, or Forty Years Recollections of P. T. Barnum, written by himself. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C. Struggles and Triumphs of P. T. Barnum. Chapter 39 The American Museum in Ruins. Part 1. On the 13th day of July, 1865, I was speaking in the Connecticut Legislature in session at Hartford against the railroad schemes when a telegram was handed to me from my son in law, S. H. Hurd my assistant manager in new york stating that the american museum was in flames and that its total destruction was certain i glanced over the dispatch folded it laid it on my desk and calmly continued my speech as if nothing had happened at the conclusion of my remarks the bill i had been advocating was carried and the house adjourned I then handed the telegram announcing my great loss in New York to my friend and fellow laborer, Mr. William G. Coe of Winstead, who immediately communicated the intelligence to several members. Warm sympathizers at once crowded around me, and Mr. Henry B. Harrison of New Haven, my strongest railroad opponent, pushed forward seizing me by the hand and said mr barnum i am really sorry to hear of your great misfortune sorry i replied why my dear sir i shall not have time to be sorry in a week it will take me that length of time before i can get over laughing at having whipped you all so nicely in this attempted railroad imposition the speaker of the house and my fellow members all testified that neither my face nor my manner betrayed the slightest intimidation when i read the telegram that i had received unpleasant intelligence one of the local journals speaking of this incident two days after the fire said in the midst of mr barnum's speech a telegram was handed to him announcing that his museum was in flames with no hope of saving any portion of his cherished establishment without the slightest evidence of agitation he laid the telegram upon his desk and finished his speech when he went the next day to new york he saw only a pile of black smouldering ruins immediately after adjournment that afternoon i took the cars for bridgeport spending the night quietly at home and the following morning i went to new york to see the ruins of my museum and to learn the full extent of the disaster when i arrived at the scene of the calamity and saw nothing but the smouldering debris of what a few hours before was the american museum the sight was sad indeed here were destroyed almost in a breath 
the accumulated results of many years of incessant toil my own and my predecessors in gathering from every quarter of the globe myriads of curious productions of nature and art an assemblage of rarities which a half million of dollars could not restore and a quarter of a century could not collect in addition to these there were many revolutionary relics and other links to our national history which could never be duplicated not a thousand dollars worth of the entire property was saved the destruction was complete the loss was irreparable and the total amount of insurance was but forty thousand dollars the fire probably originated in the engine room where steam was constantly kept up to pump fresh air into the water of the aquaria and to propel the immense fans for cooling the atmosphere of the halls the flames burst through into the manager's office and rapidly extended to all parts of the building the desk of my son-in-law mr hurd was already in flames when he opened it and took out several thousands of dollars in bank bills and reflecting upon the risk he might incur in carrying it through the surging crowd outside with remarkable presence of mind and faith in herring's safes he hastily threw this money with the account books into my safe which already held many thousand dollars and locking the door left the whole with entire confidence to the flames buttoning his coat he safely made his way out of the burning building and through the excited throng in the streets mr hurd's faith in herring was well founded for when the safe was recovered from the ruins its contents were discovered to be in perfect preservation of the curiosities and other contents of the establishment nothing was saved when i first gazed upon the ruins i saw down in the depths the remains of the two white whales which had arrived only a week before and which were swimming in the great glass tank when the fire broke out i had never seen these monsters alive but the half-consumed carcasses presented to my mind the worst specimens of bait and boiled fish that could be conceived of all the new york newspapers made a great sensation of the fire and the full particulars were copied in journals throughout the country a factitious reporter mr nathan d erner of the tribune wrote the following amusing account which appeared in that journal july fourteenth eighteen sixty five and was very generally quoted from and copied by provincial papers many of whose readers accepted every line of the glowing narrative as gospel truth soon after the breaking out of the conflagration a number of strange and terrible howls and moans proceeding from the large apartment in the third floor of the museum corner of ann street and broadway 
started the throngs who had collected in front of the burning building and who were at first under the impression that the sounds must proceed from human beings unable to effect their escape their anxiety was somewhat relieved on this score but their consternation was by no means decreased upon learning that the room in question was the principal chamber of the menagerie connected with the museum and that there was imminent danger of the release of the animals there confined by the action of the flames our reporter fortunately occupied a room on the north corner of ann street and broadway the windows of which looked immediately into this apartment and no sooner was he apprised of the fire than he repaired there confident of finding items in abundance luckily the windows of the museum were unclosed and he had a perfect view of almost the entire interior of the apartment the following is his statement of what followed in his own language protecting myself from the intense heat as well as i could by taking the mattress from the bed and erecting it as a bulwark before the window with only enough space reserved on the top so as to look out i anxiously observed the animals in the opposite room immediately opposite the window through which i gazed was a large cage containing a lion and lioness to the right hand was the three-storied cage containing monkeys at the top two kangaroos in the second story and a happy family of cats rats adders rabbits etc in the lower apartment to the left of the lion's cage was the tank containing the two vast alligators and still further to the left partially hidden from my sight was the grand tank containing the great white whale which has created such a furore in our sight-seeing midst for the past few weeks upon the floor were caged the boa constrictor anacondas and rattlesnakes whose heads would now and then rise menacingly through the top of the cage in the extreme right was the cage entirely shut from my view at first containing the bengal tiger and the polar bear whose terrific growls could be distinctly heard from behind the partition with a simultaneous bound the lion and his mate sprang against the bars which gave way and came down with a great crash releasing the beasts which for a moment apparently amazed at their sudden liberty stood in the middle of the floor lashing their sides with their tails and roaring dolefully almost at the same moment the upper part of the three-story cage consumed by the flames fell forward letting the rods drop to the floor and many other animals were set free just at this time the door fell through and the flames and smoke rolled in like a whirlwind from the hayden river cocytus a horrible scene in the right-hand corner of the room 
a yell of indescribable agony and a crashing grating sound indicating that the tiger and polar bear were stirred up to the highest pitch of excitement then there came a great crash as of the giving way of the bars of their cage the flames and smoke momentarily rolled back and for a few seconds the interior of the room was visible in the lurid light of the flames which revealed the tiger and the lion locked together in close combat the monkeys were perched around the windows shivering with dread and afraid to jump out the snakes were wreathing about crippled and blistered by the heat darting out their forked tongues and expressing their rage and fear in the most sibilant of hisses the happy family were experiencing an amount of beatitude which was evidently too cordial for philosophical enjoyment a long tongue of flame had crept under the cage completely singeing every hair from the cat's body the felicious adder was slowly burning in two and busily enraged in impregnating his organic system with its own venom the joyful rat had lost his tail by a falling bar of iron and the beautific rabbit perforated a red-hot nail looked as if nothing would be more grateful than a cool corner in some esquimaux farmyard the members of the delectated convocation were all huddled together in the bottom of their cage which suddenly gave way precipitating them out of view in the depths below which by this time were also blazing like the fabled trophet at this moment the flames rolled again into the room and then again retired the whale and alligators were by this time suffering dreadful torments the water in which they swam was literally boiling the alligators dashed fiercely about endeavoring to escape and opening and shutting their great jaws in ferocious torture but the poor whale almost boiled with great ulcers bursting from his blubbery sides could only feebly swim about though blowing excessively and every now and then sending up great fountains of spray at length crack went the glass sides of the great cases and whale and alligators rolled out on the floor with the rushing and steaming water the whale died easily having been pretty well used up before a few great gasps and a convulsive flap or two of his mighty flukes were his expiring spasm one of the alligators was killed almost immediately by falling across a great fragment of shattered glass which cut open his stomach and let out the greater part of his entrails to the light of day the remaining alligator became involved in a controversy with an anaconda and joined the melee in the centre of the flaming apartment a number of birds which were caged in the upper part of the building were set free by some charitably inclined person at the first alarm of fire 
and at intervals they flew out there were many valuable tropical birds parrots cuckoos mockingbirds hummingbirds etc as well as some vultures and eagles and one condor great excitement existed among the swaying crowds in the streets below as they took wing there were confined in the same room a few serpents which also obtained their liberty and soon after the rising and devouring flames began to enwrap the entire building a splendid and emblematic sight was presented to the wondering and upgazing throngs bursting through the central casement with flap of wings and lashing coils appeared an eagle and a serpent wreathed in fight for a moment they hung poised in mid-air presenting a novel and terrible conflict it was the earth and air or their respective representatives at war for mastery the base and the lofty the groveller and the soarer were engaged in deadly battle at length the flat head of the serpent sank his writhing sinuous form grew still and wafted upward by the cheers of the gazing multitude the eagle with a scream of triumph and bearing his prey in his iron talons soared toward the sun several monkeys escaped from the burning building to the neighboring roofs and streets and considerable excitement was caused by the attempts to secure them one of the most amusing incidents in this respect was in connection with mr james gordon bennett the veteran editor of the herald was sitting in his private office with his back to the open window calmly discussing with a friend the chances that the herald establishment would escape the conflagration which at that time was threatening advancing up ann street towards nassau street in the course of his conversation mr bennett observed although i have usually had good luck in cases of fire they say that the devil is ever at one's shoulder and here an exclamation from his friend interrupted him and turning quickly he was considerably taken aback at seeing the devil himself or something like him at his very shoulder as he spoke recovering his equanimity with the ease and suavity which is unusual with him in all company mr bennett was about to address the intruder when he perceived that what he had taken for the gentleman in black was nothing more than a frightened orange otang the poor creature but recently released from captivity and doubtless thinking that he might fill some vacancy in the editorial corpse of the paper in question had descended by the water pipe and instinctively taken refuge in the inner sanctum of the establishment although the editor perhaps from the fact that he saw nothing peculiarly strange in the visitation soon regained his composure 
it was far otherwise with his friend who immediately gave the alarm mr hudson rushed in and boldly attacked the monkey grasping him by the throat the book editor next came in obtaining a clutch upon the brute by the ears the musical critic followed and seized the tail with both hands and a number of reporters armed with inkstands and sharpened pencils came next followed by a dozen policemen with brandished clubs at the same time the engineer in the basement received the preconcerted signal and got ready his hose wherewith to pour boiling hot water upon the heads of those in the streets in case it should prove a regular systemized attack by gorillas brazil apes and chimpanzees opposed to this formidable combination the rash intruder bared badly and was soon in durance vile numerous other incidents of a similar kind occurred but some of the most amusing were in connection with the wax figures end of chapter thirty nine part one recording by linda marie nielsen vancouver b c